It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Again, Brave the Wild is also a part of the Hockey Podcast Network and is sponsored by DraftKings. Minnesota Wild had three games this past week and won all three of them. Outstanding, eh? Good goaltending, better vibe overall, just kind of scoring goals, timely goals, blocking shots, this and that. 4-1 to over Chicago, 4-2 to over Ottawa, 4-1 to over Anaheim. Outstanding. Again, just an overall good game, a uh, good few games here denying shots on net and the goaltender stepping up at the time needed. Minnesota Wild still in third place with 40 points, only four points behind the Dallas Stars who are actually flashing on the screen right now. It's a replay, but I didn't get to see the game, so whatever, I can watch it now as I'm doing the show. Versus the uh, Edmonton Oilers, two teams that are definitely playoff type of teams. Dallas Stars leading the division by four points over us, three points over Winnipeg. We'll be playing Winnipeg in just the little two games we're going to be playing right here as we head into Christmas break. Colorado, though, still fourth place, only two points behind the Wild. St. Louis blows seven points, so I'm not as afraid of them yet. But Colorado is Colorado, we all know. So there's a reason why I had the Dr. Wiley boss music going into... <laughs> when uh, uh, Derek asked me last week about uh, what team would have the... Uh, what team would have, like, a boss music in a video game and what team would it be, or what music would it be. It's Colorado, Dr. Wiley. Yep, they're like a big villain and all that. Minnesota Wild have won six in a row, starting with the uh, shutout of the Vancouver Canucks on December the 10th. That was uh, Philip Gustafson, of course. And since then, again, the goaltending has been outstanding. And definitely nothing to complain about there. Uh, it had been pretty raunchy for a little while there. Three goals versus Edmonton, four versus Ana- uh, Anaheim, five versus Dallas, five versus Calgary, five versus Edmonton. So it's definitely picked up ever since then. In the Ryan Reeves acquisition, definitely a huge plus, generally speaking. 
uh, better vibe and players a little more afraid to take liberties at the Kirill Kaprizovs of the world than before. So Ryan Reeves is more than just a goon, so to speak. He's more of a like kind of like a uh, well, he, he's 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 goon police. So like a Matt Cook or something type of the past, but like a Matt Cook type. Uh, uh, like a modern version, would uh, think twice before taking a cheap shot at a player, thanks to uh, Ryan Reeves being a part of the team. And of course, again, guys are having fun. That's the other part of it. So that's kind of been the ongoing conversation. Guys are having fun and not being wound up so tight or just kind of their usual quiet self where they don't really have a whole lot to say. Somehow at work, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. (laughs) I can be a little bit in the middle. I try not to be wound up too tight. Uh, Maybe I'm a little on the quieter side, but I try to be fun also. Not that this is about me, because it really isn't. Speaking of Mega Man, Mega Man 2, video game flashback, check that out. The Mega Man 2 Christmas special is has been released and is on all of your favorite podcasting apps, at least most of them, the Apples, the Googles, the, the Spotify's, the iHeartRadios. Check it out. Check it out. You'll love it. Uh, as long as you like retro games, anyway. I had somebody about a year ago complaining about the retro music on this show, I couldn't believe it. Like, really? You don't like that at all? Like, it's one thing if you're not really a huge fan. It's another that you hate it so much that it ruins the show almost. Like, are you kidding me? So, I guess that's not a match made in heaven. Bottom line, maybe he still listens, maybe not. But, uh, so I don't think he would like video game flashback then because you're going to hear some retro video game music on that one. Do check that out. It's four words, video game flashback. Anyhow, enough about that. Minnesota Wild defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 4-1 to on December the 16th, last Friday, to jump up to a 17-11-2 at the time. Blackhawks, who started out kind of promising, sort of, 7-18-4. And Jonathan Taves has more goals than uh, Patrick Kane, which is really weird. Mrazek, who's been kind of a journeyman goaltender with the Detroits, the, uh, the Carolinas and such. Um, he's been all over the place, honestly. Uh, Detroit, Carolina, there's like two or three other teams that I'm blanking on. We'll get to that later. The the old days when I used to say, is it going to be another hat trick for Patrick? It's like, we don't have to worry about that anymore, do we? Uh, We even saw hat tricks from Jonathan Taves back in the day. He did score a goal. He was the lone goal scorer in the game, and he's better than last year. Jonathan Taves, when he first came back, was horrendous. He did win 16 out of uh, 21 faceoffs. Actually, quite impressive by Jonathan Taves. So, major respect there. Uh, Seth Jones has been a bit of a bust. Caleb Jones is okay. And it's just, you know, Jared Tenorti, that's where uh, um, Ryan Hartman got hurt uh, way back at the beginning of the season. He would return on Sunday. Obviously not this game, but uh, we'll talk about that shortly. Kirill Kaprizov, a three-point night. Oh, ho-hum. <laughs> Matthew Zuccarillo getting a hat-trick. Very cool. So that's his second hat-trick of his career. He had one years ago with the New York Rangers. A four-point night for Matt Zuccarello, who's been insanely hot lately. And then Sam Steele, a part of a couple of assists for that top line. The top line definitely dominated the Blackhawks in this game. Marc-Andre Fleury, the former Chicago Blackhawk, who's definitely been stepping up in a huge way for the most part. Again, obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson got beat up a bit uh, about two weeks ago, but now things have been so much more steady for them. And, of course, the play in front of them has improved as well. Faced 30 shots and stopped 29 of them. Great to see. And Spurgeon, the surgeon, or the captain anyway, got an assist in the game. The only defenseman with a point. But a nice feel. And of course, again, why would you not want to wear North Star jerseys versus the Chicago Blackhawks? The, you know, the reverse retros that look like North Star uniforms. Uh, and I still I still don't understand the crowd out there that, like, why are you wearing them? You know, even Patrick Royce, 75-year-old Patrick Royce, resents the fact that the Wild are wearing these North Star uniforms. It's like, really? Really, man? 
I think that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. So for once, I agree with that. Uh, because <laughs> some of us, you know, we're, we're not the hugest fans of Anthony LaPenta at times. I think he's got a nice voice. I think he's a decent announcer, but yeah, he's a little, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's a little full of himself. You know, I've, that's what I've heard from other people as well. A little full of himself. That's what I, uh, yeah, but I agree with him 100% when he says the NHL and when, when the North Stars moved to Dallas to become the Dallas Stars, they should have kept all the North Star history and all the rights to the Minnesota North Stars logo and colors here. So in case we get a new team, we can do it again. Just like the NFL did with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, they came back as the Cleveland Browns again. Certainly not as good of a franchise. That's been a joke of a franchise. Uh, the the second, like the, the Cleveland Brown Jr., basically. Cleveland Browns Jr. has been a massive disappointment. A lot of us were hoping that they would be a decent team because the, the Cleveland Browns were decent. Going all the way back into the 60s, they actually won championships with Jim Brown at the running back and all that. But obviously that's ancient history, pre-Super Bowl era. But it still counts, damn it. Just like the Packers in their 100 championships, you know, before the before the turn of the... Okay, not quite that far back, but 18 to 1900. But yeah, back in the old, old pre-Super Bowl days. So yeah, that stuff does count, by the way. So, like the Detroit Lions did win championships back in the day, too. Just like the Detroit Red Wings won championships about that far back in the 40s and such. Even in, yeah, and then they finally started winning again and became a great team in the late 90s and beyond, until they finally dropped off about five years ago. It took them 23 years, so <laughs> it was the late 80s even they started becoming a at least a decent playoff team and all that. Now that I've ventured off into who knows where, which I tend to do. Uh, I'm also going to fess up. I'm still not feeling great. It's like I got better, and then it kind of kind of lingering, and it's annoying, and it's stupid, and the weather's, uh, the temperature's dropped about 400 degrees the last couple of days, so it is what it is. Um, <laughs> it, what can you do? You know, like, what the hell can you do? Um, which is probably what the Blackhawks are saying right now. They're pretty much, like, tanking, and it's kind of obvious. They're bad. They're just like the Bears right now, basically. They're just like they're a cross, cross-town team or, well, yeah, team that's still in the same city anyway. Chicago Bears both kind of tanking and starting over. Minnesota Wild would play Ottawa on Sunday the 18th of December as we head into Christmas week. Yep. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody. So, <laughs> Anton Forsberg, who was the other goalie with uh, Philip Gustafson last year. Now, of course, Cam Talbot is the goalie, but didn't get to face the Wild in this game, unfortunately. Anton Forsberg was just kind of mediocre. Philip Gustafson was a little better. But, uh, and again, the defense in front of, uh, well, yeah, the defense in front of Forsberg was decent. He was only facing uh, 22 shots. Not the most exciting game ever. Gustafson faced 28. He was actually definitely the better goalie of the two. Saber percentage of about 93 compared to Forsberg's about 86. So that kind of is what it is. Speaking of the Chicago Blackhawks, Alex Tabrinkat, again, just a minus one in the game, but five shots on goal. Brady Thachuk, Mr. Rip-Up, uh, Matt Dumba's torso, <laughs> uh, pectoral, whatever, um, had an assist. And, of course, you could just tell they're kind of, well, no, that's not Brady. That's his brother. Matthew was on Florida. Sorry. Sorry. You could tell, though, yeah, they, they were jawing at it quite a bit during the game, too. So there's some bad blood, and I don't blame them. That, uh, there's some bad blood overall with the Thachucks, I think. The Chuck, what the Thachuk is going on, right? Kirill Kaprizov, ho-hum, another three-point night. Yeah, you know, it's just Kirill Kaprizov. Uh-huh. It reminds me of something, but I'll leave it alone. It really does. When you perform that well and people are kind of ho-hum about it and ignore it, 
Kind of reminds me of something. Sam Steele, another ho-hum two-assist night. Not bad. That top line, really great, these two games, uh, Blackhawks and Ottawa. Changes things up a bit as we head to the Detroit game and Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim Clucks. Why did I think I only had three games to review? It's, uh, it's, it's four. Yeah, Detroit. I think I'm going nuts here. Yeah, we did play Detroit, right? Or was that the previous week? Yep, it was... Detroit was the previous week. It's Anaheim. Stupid. It's Anaheim, not the Ducks. It's the Duck. Okay, sorry. That's from some other thing. Um, again, Kirill Kaprizov, 19th goal of the season. Couple of assists. Zuccarillo picking up where he left off after the hat trick against the Blackhawks. So no hat trick for Patrick. It was hat trick for Zooks. The Wild would take a 3 nothing lead. And uh, Ottawa would make a quote-unquote furious rally, as Judd Zelgad would say. Couple of goals. Making things very interesting. Claude Giroux. Making it three to two with a minute minute forty remaining, but luckily Frederick Goudreau, so more French Canadian uh, accents here, would end up finishing it. Fred, Freddie Goudreau's got a number of empty netters this year, and we'll take every damn one of them. We'll take them all. We'll take them all. Thank you for those empty nets, Frederick Goudreau, because the dice is the game. Versus some kind of stupid turnover, and then oh my God, it's tied, and we lose in overtime or have a crappy shootout or whatever. So freaking annoying. Uh, again, Ryan Hartman returns to be with the second line to center Boldy and Goudreau in this one, So, which is where he will be for the foreseeable future. The top line, of course, Sam Steele. Uh, Zuccarello right and Kaprizov left. Second line, like I just said, Ryan Hartman centering Boldy, who's been playing on the right, I guess, with Goudreau on the left. I feel like that's backwards, but I don't know. The grease line is all... Uh, grief, grief, Greenway, <laughs> Erickson Eck and Felino. Yeah, grief line. You get it now? Do you get it? Yeah. Which I was the biggest idiot ever and didn't even think about that. I just thought grief like they give people a hard time. No, it's often names together. <laughs> but yeah, we'll leave that alone. Mason Shaw, Connor Dewar. Two Dewar's the center. Shaw and Reeves. Again, on the fourth line. Love what they do. Defensive pairings have been pretty much the same. John Merrill's been getting most of the uh, ice time versus a uh, Alex Goligoski. Uh, and, of course, Dumb has been healthy now. And, of course, uh, he missed a, a bit of time. John Merrill missed a lot of time in the beginning of the season. So, uh, unfortunately, Golagossi is back to being um, scratched most of the time. It just kind of is what it is. Guys like Middleton, Spurgeon, and Brodeen, I think, are the safest. And Dumba is, obviously, for the most part, as frustrating as he can be at times. He had a pretty good week last week, so let's be fair. Uh, a fun, fun game versus the Ottawa Senators. Fun for the most part. It was irritating letting them back in the game, but at least the Wild finished the job. And, you know, I never really felt like the Wild were in huge danger versus this team, but I don't know. Funny things can happen, and the Wild sweep the season series versus the Ottawa Senators. Good. Let's keep sweeping those ducks, because, again, a team that's like in 31st, 32nd, 30, 30, 30-ish 30 place in every statistic there is, you know, like team stats, you have no business losing to them, right? Of course, the Vikings, of course, when they lost the uh, infamous game to the Arizona Cardinals back in 03, Arizona had the worst offense and the worst defense in the NFL, and the Vikings found a way to lose that game, not win the division, and miss the playoffs altogether. Pretty sad. Um... The Wild dominated the puck for the most part in this game. Uh, the Ducks would have some moments, 
And the single goal that the Ducks had was a terrible turnover by Kirill the Thrill. Uh, Kirill Kurisov did not have a good night, generally speaking. He was a minus one, which isn't the worst ever. Didn't score any points, so it's like, what the hell, Kirill? Where's the three-point night? No, Matt Boldy picked up the slack there. We'll get back to that. Second line kind of stepped up a bit in this one, and the fourth as well. Um, cool. Especially Boldy. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, again, kind of a nasty turnover. Helped give uh, the prizing prospect of the uh, Anaheim Ducks a chance to score. Basically, one, you know, one-on-one with... Uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who had an awesome night, by the way. Awesome. Uh, in the shots he faced, which were some decent chances. He was in he was in danger right around that time. Anaheim could have taken a 2 or 3 nothing lead in the game. Marc-Andre Fleury kept the Wild in it, thank God. And, of course, faced some good chances at times later on. But Mason McTavish, fifth goal of the season. Definitely in relation to Craig McTavish, the, uh, you know, part of the Edmonton Oilers and all that forever and ever as a player and as a, a, a head coach even and as a upper management, of course, and was a lead candidate to being the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, head coach many years ago versus um, it ended up being instead of Mike Yo, Yeah, because the Minnesota, yeah, like Mike Yo ended up getting it. So if I remember correctly, yeah, that was quite a while ago. It wasn't the second go-round. That was pretty much like... Boudreaux. Like, oh my god, Boudreaux's available. That was after Yo got let go. And, of course, the Minnesota Wild did not retain uh, Torch. Torch, Torch, Torchetti. Everybody loves that guy. But yeah, Mason McTavish, definitely a highly touted prospect of the Anaheim Ducks. Able to get that turnover from Kirill Kaprizov, of all people, and finish. Luckily, again, thanks to some good goaltending by uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, and again, puck possession pretty much dominated by the Wild for the most part, except around that portion of the game. The Wild were able to uh, weather the storm. Lucas Dostal was pretty good. He's actually the third string goaltender of the Ottawa Senators. Or did I call him Ottawa Anaheim Ducks? <laughs> With uh, Stullers and uh, John Gibson, the actor. Yeah, I'm just kidding. John Gibson, though, both being out. And then the fourth string goaltender is Jewel Erickson X brother, younger brother, two years younger, Ollie, Ollie Erickson X. Isn't that the coolest thing? Isn't that the coolest thing? Fifth round pick, I believe, um, years ago of the Ducks. Still has a chance. We'll have to wait and see what happens there with uh, <laughs> with uh, young Ollie Erickson X. Did not get to play, of course. He struggled a bit in the AHL and ECHL. He's kind of in... He's kind of been in those kind of areas. He's kind of been like um, Hunter Jones of Minnesota so far. Kind of not as highly touted part of their uh, goaltending future yet, but we'll see. It's nice that he got to be in an NHL uniform, though, which is really cool. And he got to take pictures with his uh, almost captain of the team brother <laughs> and, and top-line center. Pretty much. Well, not top-line center, but the best center on the Minnesota Wild, anyway. Uh, and uh, Jules Eriksson did score a goal, luckily for uh, Ole, not against him. But against the third third string goaltender named Lucas Dotstall, who did pretty good, to be quite fair. And you know, I mean, hey, he might end up being more of the uh, the future starter if John Gibson does that work out. Stallers is kind of career backup. Uh, Dotstall's numbers haven't been that. Dotstall, Dotstall's numbers haven't been that good yet. Uh, but uh, third round pick in 2018, and goalies take time. Czech Republic sounds very familiar. Hello, Pavel uh, Pavel Bennett. Um, only his 10th game in the NHL, and of course, again, goal, uh, goals against average up in the threes, unfortunately, but we'll see. Uh, Third-round picks can end up being nice goalies, so we'll see. Sometimes they don't make it at all. Hunter Jones is, I believe, a third-round pick, so I can always backtrack into that as we get into the um, uh, uh, prospect section of the show. 
kind of around the middle to later section right before fan interaction so second half of the show basically um but yeah i mean the minnesota wild had no business bleeping around with this team thankfully things kind of would turn in that third period after connor Dewar took a kind of an awkward shot and again the old just simply put the damn puck on net that's how it is and that's how the chicago blackhawks lost the stanley cup in the uh, 60s years ago to the Montreal Canadiens when uh, Jacques Lemaire simply just kind of did something like that, kind of skating back, turned around and whipped the puck on net. It went in and everything changed and the Chicago Blackhawks, who were about to win the Stanley Cup, lost to the Montreal Canadiens for their 99th Stanley Cup title, basically, at the time. No, no, that was in the early days of Lemaire and all that, too. That's the funny part. Before that, uh, the team of the 70s, basically, the Montreal Canadiens took over the world around that time, if I'm remembering correctly. So, I mean, you know, Connor DeWare, they put it on net. It was actually a really nice shot. It was kind of like a one in a 10,000. It was like a one in 10,000 type of shot. Like that angle and that release and the possibility of there being traffic, the thing, the way that thing wound up in, in the spot it did was pretty impressive. Actually, Reeves and Shaw both picking up assists, which is nice. Nice to see them getting that. Shaw had been quiet. He was stuck at 10 points for like 10 days or something. It was a while. Shaw had been pretty quiet. I don't know if it's like four or five games since he'd scored. Connor DeWard quieted down a little bit uh, after receiving the uh, Madonna Award, was it two weeks ago? I, I think it made him a little shy. You can tell Connor DeWard is a shy guy when he does his interviews as well. Um, his, like, you know, intermission interviews, whatever, or post-game. Connor DeWard got a Mike Madonna Award. Think about that. I mean, that's how good he was playing. Um, and uh, Shaw was uh, close to him all year, too. But seven assists for Mason Shaw, so good for him. Matt Boldy unassisted again, getting a turnover and finishing. Love what Matt Boldy can do. He also assisted on Jewel Erickson's next power play goal and on Ryan Hartman's empty net goal. Matt Boldy with three points in the game. Very cool. I don't know why. For some reason, I thought it was Goudreau scoring. No, it was Hartman. I, I got it mixed up with the previous game. Yeah, so Hartman getting a second goal of the season. Good for him. And like they always say, when you're struggling or, you know, that kind of thing, obviously he's probably pretty rusty because he hadn't played in months. Uh, Ryan Hartman with that separated shoulder. With all indications, that's what that was. <laughs> and one of the more serious injuries of Ryan Hartman's career, he basically let us know about that uh, as he was coming into the, I believe it was a, oh, it was a post-game conversation. I was listening to the post-game podcast this morning as I was uh, helping shovel and such, because that's what I do on these kind of days. That's why the show release is going to be later. Uh, at the time I'm recording this, normally the show has been released by now, So, and luckily I don't have to work today, so just kind of postponing the show so for, for maybe an hour or two and release. So it is what it is. At least we're getting it done. Um, but yeah, Hartman, that's kind of how it is sometimes when you're either rusty or you've been struggling for a while. Uh, Maybe you can help kind of open things up, get, you know, get some confidence. Just an empty net goal. It still counts. It still counts. And, you know, you still have to put it on goal accurately. You still have to have, maintain control of the puck, all that good stuff. Because if you can't, like me, if I had an empty net, I would probably get engulfed by uh, the other team. The puck would be gone and I'd be on the ground maybe like wondering what just happened and why I'm in so much pain in certain areas. So that's probably what would happen, obviously. The <laughs> empty nets aren't as easy as they look, obviously. Just like the whole dang game of hockey is not nearly as easy as it looks. Anaheim drops to 9-22-3, and the wild escape, any chance of running into a trap game. Thank you, Lord. And a 3-0 and week. Congratulations, Minnesota. Great week by the Minnesota Wild. 
overall. Pass out the award now. I mean, I'm already 20, 22 minutes in, so I mean, what the heck with only three games, which is, you know, it's not that low. It's like average. Um, <clears throat> so the game reviews will be a little less, and previews, of course, only two games. The Mike Madonna Award winner for this episode almost, it's tough. Could it be the two goalies? I mean, I think that they're great. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury. I think it's Marc-Andre Fleury. So it's going to be a goalie again. Marc-Andre Fleury, very strong versus Chicago and Anaheim. Yeah, I know. It's Chicago and Anaheim. But hey, his play prevented any type of a stupid uh, trap game where things could have gotten ugly early, you know, when the Ducks and the Blackhawks kind of started scoring and being a threat early on. Uh, where Fleury, I thought, did a pretty good job. Again, he didn't face that many shots, but some of them were pretty damn quality. Uh, the game could have been ugly, especially early on when the Wild weren't scoring diddly on uh, Lucas Dustall. So, Dustall probably had his best career game so far, despite giving up three goals. Again, 93% save percentage. That's not a joke. Uh, and Fleury, about 95. Again, only facing 22 shots, but 95%. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So that is the uh, award there. The uh, James Shepard Memorial, it's Ryan Hartman. He sucks. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, no, no. It's uh, definitely not Boldy. It's not Eck. It's not Kaprizov. Are you crazy? He had six points this week. Kaprizov had six points in three games. <laughs> That's, you know, obviously on pace for, you know, Lemieux numbers right there. Um, we all know who Mario Lemieux was, I hope. Uh... I don't know. I mean, Felino hasn't been doing much. Might have to go to him. Greenway hasn't been doing much. Maybe Greenway. I don't know. And it's a gentle one. It's not like, oh, God, he killed us. Um, I don't really need to bash Dumba. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. Just not much of a huge factor. He's been getting the puck on that, at least. So that's good. So if he's going to get traded, if he's going to get traded... Maybe, you know, you can get more than a fifth-round pick. It won't be like <laughs> Ryan Reeves for Matt Dumba. It won't be like that. That would be kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> that would be kind of sad. Like fifth-round pick and then get a fifth-round pick back. Oh, God, that'd be funny. Just for Dumba, you know? Oh, man. Um, Addison's got 16 points already. I think that's awesome. I really do. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be kind of a gentle Greenway one. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's not been all that visible. People might be like, Joey, you're an idiot, but that's kind of how I'm going to call it right here, right now. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we got two games to preview, and then off we go into the uh, prospect conversation. Wild going to preview a couple games here versus the San Jose Shocks and the Winnipeg Jets coming up. So it could be an interesting couple of games. We'll have to come back to that very shortly because first we are going to talk about DraftKings if I can find the correct one here. <laughs> I apologize. Here we go. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, which is also a lot of fun. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. That's, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And it's definitely going to be there. So, <laughs> the San Jose Sharks, who are they? They're, they're Kapokakinen's team. But he's like never in net. It's James Reimer, dang it. And I remember there was a time people were talking about James Reimer could be one of those uh, what the heck, let's see what happens type of trades like Devin Dubnik years ago. Like saying, gosh, our goalie situation really stinks. It's one of the reasons why we're, we're struggling and we're just barely out of the playoffs or just barely in the playoffs. If we can fix that, maybe get somebody who's a little bit better, we might have a shot at something. I'm seeing a bit of a surprise here. Whew, the surprise emergence of a certain player. James Reimer, by the way, goals against average of 3.04. The Sharks are going to shark. Save percentage about 90, and James Reimer has one shot out. Capo Kakinen has one shot out, but his goals against average is 3.83, and his save percentage is 87.2. Ah, uh, come on, Capo, you're better than this. San Jose Sharks are mediocre to below average. In fact, I'd say below average. 10, 18, and 6. They have six frickin' uh, shootout losses on the season. That stinks. Shootout or overtime, sorry, losses. So if it goes to overtime or shootout, please make it number 7, okay? Please. The Sharks are 18th in goals, 29th in goals against. So I guess James Reimer probably isn't that hot of a commodity. Though the defense in front of him sucks too, I'm sure. Power plays 18th. Penalty kill is second in the league. Penalty minutes, they only, uh, they're only they ninth in the league, so they have the ninth lowest penalty minutes on the season. Are you ready for a somewhat of a surprise here? I, I think it's a surprise. He was a fantastic player for the Ottawa Senators. Absolutely fantastic. It sounded like the trade that gave the San Jose Sharks the best uh, defensive pairing in the NHL at the time. But then he was like oft injured and wasn't as good. My God, the last couple of years, he was like, what's going on? Last year, he finally stepped up a little bit. But don't look now. Eric Carlson. Welcome back to being Eric Carlson again. Are you kidding me? 34 games, 12 goals, 30 assists. 30 assists for 42 points. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, 35 blocks, that's definitely not leading the club. Matt Benning, 52. Luke Cunning. Luke Cunning, Mr. Mr. Like Bloody Nose Luke Cunning. <laughs> yep. 63 hits. 63 hits. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, hits. But that's good, though. Good for him. Timo Reimer actually has even more. That's a name that's been floating around in trade possibilities. A lot of people like him. Coltier, former uh, uh, Philadelphia Flyer. When they were better, you know. Um... Nick Bonino actually has 47 blocks. Vlasic, the defenseman, I always called him the pickle man because Vlasic pickles. Yeah, only eight assists on the year, but 52 blocked shots. Matt Ferraro, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Sharks are kind of just, they're just what they are. I, I'm not sure. They have a lot of former wild players. I don't want to call them rejects. That'd be kind of mean. Nico Sturm with nine goals on the season. Nine. Nine. He's fifth on the team in goals, but only two assists. Come on, Nico, you could be a little play better playmaker than that, right? 
So he only has 11 points because of that. Nick Bedino, the veteran, you know, he won multiple cups with the Penguins. You know, the two years they won those back-to-back cups, Bedino was there. Good for him. Eight points in 31 games. Blocks a lot of shots. He's a nice veteran. He's, like, getting pretty old by now. And then Luke Cunning, old bloody knows himself, like I said. Only 13 points, five goals, eight assists in 31 games. He's you know, definitely not worthy of a first-round pick. Definitely not. Um, and I'm still... I gotta go back now. I'm gonna dig because I can, since I'm right here on the spot here. Yep, good. Now I want to look at that draft again, 2016, because I'm almost certain there was somebody right there that was like, uh yeah, Jacob Shikarin right after him. He's not a great player, but he's better than Luke Cunning, isn't he? Isn't he though? Uh, you know, he gets about the same amount of points. Yeah, he's he has the same point total, but in only 15 games, and he's had 41 a couple years ago. And still has a lot of promise, only 24 years of age. He's not dominating, but considering where he is, I mean, hello. <laughs> Riley Tuff, yeah, there's nothing to, nothing to brag about there. I'm sorry, just being honest. Max Jones, 132 points. Fred, uh, Trent Frederick, yeah, pretty good players. Damn good players. Um, am I looking at the right thing? Yeah. Shikrin's kind of the big one, though. Yeah, I mean, he's got more points than uh, Cunning in way less games. So, if he could stay bleeping healthy. Yeah, shoot. Charlie McAvoy right before Luke Cunning. One pick. Think about it. Charlie McAvoy, Luke Cunning, Jacob Shikrin. Ouch. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. It is what it is. You can't blame uh, Fletcher about McAvoy unless you're like, he could have traded up. What a dumb clown or something. I don't know. Sorry, I'm having trouble breathing now, which doesn't help. Might help if I could breathe a little bit. Minnesota Wild, there's really no excuse for them to lose to the San Jose Sharks team. Luke Cunning, the Sharks announced that Cunning underwent surgery. Oh, yeah, that's right. He had an ACL. That's why he's missed the three games. Yep, I remember now. That was sad. Yep, that was sad to hear that. Luke Cunning had an ACL. That's right. I apologize. And, uh, Jiminy Christmas. There's no excuse. Yeah, and Reimer hasn't really even been playing much. Uh, he's on injured reserve, so that's interesting. F- Ferraro. Mario Ferraro, I love that name. Week to week with foot injury, and that was back in uh, um, November. So, I don't know. The Sharks, just not a whole lot to brag about right now. Two wins in their last uh, five games. They've lost three in a row. Uh, they beat Anaheim 6-1 to and Arizona 3-2. to Well, yay. You weren't quite as bad as them. Lost to LA 3-2. to Lost to Calgary 5-2. to Lost to Calgary 7-3. Uh, to So, I'm kind of curious who's been in goal then. Has it been Kakinen? Must be, right? No? Okay, they said he was on injured reserve, but there he is. So that's a false... uh, That's what I thought. He's been playing. Stupid. This thing is... It's not reliable sometimes with the injury report, so I apologize. But ACL to Luke Cunningham, I remember that very well. Uh, God, I feel like an idiot. Sorry, guys and gals. The Sharks actually beat the Wild in a shootout, which made us feel like idiots, too. That was so dumb. November the 13th in a shootout. Uh, And then coming up here tonight, this is tonight, 9.30, back-to-back, California two-step, which we used to get our butts kicked back in the day. 9.30 tonight, the Sharks host the Wild at the tank, and then we stay in the tank on March 11th, 9.30 again. So I I like those West Coast games. I, I like late games. I think it's fun. I just do. I'm kind of a little bit of a... I'm not a night owl, but kind of somewhat in between night owl and not night owl, I guess. Somewhere in between. The Wild are 20th in goals. Sharks are 18th, like I said earlier. Goals against Wild are 7th. Sharks are 29th. 
penalty minutes. The Wild are 31st. Sharks are 9th. Penalty kill the Wild are 9th. Sharks are 2nd. Power play the Wild are 10th. Sharks are 18th. The Wild need to win this freaking game, and if we don't, I mean, shame on us. We'll lose the season series if we lose this game, so you can't be doing that. Minnesota Wild come out victorious. Final score of... I guess 4-2 to two again. I'm going to say like 50 times in a row. <laughs> and yes, Sammy Walker was sent down, which is really sad. That's another part of the, the uh, conversation this past week. Sammy Walker sent back down with the Ryan Hartman returning. So didn't really surprise anybody. Just kind of sucks. This one's the ESPN Plus type of game. So very cool there to be on national TV again. Um, <clears throat> most likely got to score tonight. I got a feeling it's going to be... Well, I mean, there's obviously the, the same type of guy like... Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think Boldy continues his run. He scores again tonight. And then we play the Winnipeg Jets on the 27th after Christmas break. So several days off here from uh, Thursday all the way to next Tuesday, which is nice. Not complaining. I mean, well, I'm complaining because it sucks not having hockey. But kind of is what it is there. Yep, the Winnipeg Jets, second place. And yep, what they, two points ahead of Minnesota. Yep, three points. 43-40 to 40 right now, and there's no games in hand. But Dallas, we have a couple games in hand, both of us. And Colorado's only got 31 games played. Ooh, so watch out for that. The Jets have uh, Connor Hellebuck out for Tuesday's game, December the uh, 20th. So no Connor Hellebuck. It says Ottawa, though. Okay, that was the other game. So maybe he'll be playing tonight. Blake Wheeler, Winnipeg Jets, placed him on injury reserve as of December the 17th. And Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt, the former uh, everything, kind of gopher and uh, Vegas Golden Knight, and uh, now he's been placed on injury reserve. We will miss four to six weeks as of December the 15th. Interesting. Winnipeg is, so we'll move just to Winnipeg with the stats now. Winnipeg is 12th in goals. Third in goals against, yeah, Hellebuck having a great year, of course. Power play 11th, but we'll see if he's playing tonight. Fifth against the penalty, uh, fifth in the penalty kill part. I mean, ninth in penalty minutes, so not bad. Connor Hellebuck, 2.33 goals against average. Save percentage about 93, and three shutouts on the year. David Riddick, not bad, actually, considering how mediocre to crappy he was with Calgary, and I believe Columbus was the other team. 2.55 goals against average. Save percentage about 91, so definitely a more defensive-minded team in front of him to help. Josh Morrissey, Kyle Connor. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Sheffley, uh, Scheifele, pardon me, all playing well, Sheffley, Mark Scheifele, pardon me. 19 goals on the year for Scheifele. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, 37 points. Kyle Connor, 38. Josh Morrissey, 38. So, yep, these guys definitely been factors against the Wild. Sam Gagne, he's been around forever. One of those uh, bottom six guys who can be very valuable all over the league. Nate Schmidt, only six points on the year. More of a real defenseman than just an offensive guy. But he's at his moments. Plonk, I remember that guy scoring against us. Kind of annoying. Um, Winnipeg is 21-10-1 on Le Saison. Season series, the Wild crushed Winnipeg somehow, some way. When we were struggling, we, we had just lost to the Sharks, right? Oh, no, it wasn't that. It was like a week later. We crushed Winnipeg 6-1. to one. I'm not sure what happened that night. It was beautiful. 6-1. Uh, to one. I got to go to that real quick. Because I'm, you know, I, I think somebody... Did Kirill Kaprizov have a hat trick? Have a hat trick? I think, or at least he just had a lot of points. Nope, just two points. Matt Boldy, three point night. Yep, so that's kind of cool. Felino had a couple of goals. Crazy. Yeah, and it was Hellebuck in net, too. We just gave him hell, I guess. And Gustafson only gave a one goal. That was cool. That was nice. 
Um, Gustafson's going to go against the Sharks tonight, almost certainly. And then you'll see probably uh, Marc-Andre Fleury against the Winnipeg Jets. So he'll get his crack against them now, most likely. Winnipeg is 3-2 and two in their last five. Lost to the Vegas Golden Knights 6-5. Beat Nashville 2-1. Beat Vancouver 5-1. Lost at Seattle 3-2. They continue to be a huge threat. And then beat Ottawa 5-2-1. Of course, Minnesota have won six in a row going into this one. Winnipeg tonight. This is in Winnipeg. The last game was at Minnesota on November the 23rd. We uh, host the Winnipeg Jets on March the 8th. My brother's 45th birthday, I think. Jeez, we're getting old. It's crazy. Uh, and then April 11th, the Minnesota Wild host the Winnipeg Jets and game that may very well have playoff seeding implications. Don't be surprised. There's some kind of race going on there between those clubs. Can the Wild continue the win streak? I'd like to believe the Wild don't have an end tonight versus the Sharks. That'd be kind of stupid. Can we get an eight-game win streak here? Beat the Winnipeg Jets again. Could it happen? I got a feeling it won't. I think this is where the streak ends because it's in Winnipeg and I don't know. I mean, Winnipeg Jets, it's kind of a back-and-forth battle with them historically. Sometimes it's like we dominate, and then they dominate us. Uh, I got a feeling it's going to be something along the likes of like five to three Winnipeg Jets win. We we managed to get three goals on them, but don't win the game. And uh, the most likely guy to score in that one is going to be Marcus Foligno, believe it or not. Marcus Foligno will break out of his slump that he's been in lately. He'll score against the Winnipeg Jets, but the Wild end up losing five to three to the Jets. Unfortunately, I got a bad feeling about that one coming out of the break. So we'll see. Maybe we end up sweeping them this year. That'd be really cool. But I, I don't know. I think it's going to be one of those like the winning streak ends at 7 at the end of the day. With that, we'll say we'll, uh, let's move on to the prospects, eh? And we'll start off with basically who's in the World Junior Championships at the very least. Jack Pert will represent the USA, of course, defenseman from the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies, Katie and Bankier, Canada. Liam Ugrin, all right, Sweden. That's obviously a top prospect of Minnesota, left winger. Ser, uh, Servak Petrovsky out of Slovakia, very cool. He's a, been a nice, uh, he's definitely been a nice late-round pick. And uh, David Spasic also, yep, cool. Uh, Chechia, so very nice to see that happening there. Uh, that those guys both make it. They were like later-round picks, and they're in the uh, IIHF World Junior Championships for 2023, of course, uh, going from... It's uh, Halifax and Montcon, Canada. December the 6th through January the 5th. Go USA, go USA. Jack Pert is the only um, representative from the Minnesota Wild on that club, unfortunately. But hey, you know what? And he's from Minnesota, and obviously he's been fantastic for the St. Cloud State Huskies. We'll open up with the Iowa Wild, who lost again last night, scoring some points, and Sammy Walker's back there again. Uh, 12 goals, 11 assists, leads the club in goals by a mile. Well, kind of. Stephen Fogarty has been actually called up to Minnesota, but has not been playing, though. He's been scratched, basically. Uh, 25 games, 21 points, 9 goals, 12 assists for Stephen Fogarty, who's 29 years of age already from uh, Pennsylvania. Interesting. Joe Hicketts, again, another strong season, down in Winnipeg anyway. Defenseman with 16 assists, kind of a power play quarterback there. Leads the club in assists. Beckman had two points last night, so good for him. He's been kind of hanging around that, you know, two-thirds of a point a game or half a point a game range. He's been kind of lingering, uh, lurking about two-thirds of a point a game. So, like, he'd be like a 50-point guy if it was like an 82 NHL game season. Marco Rossi also added an assist. He's at 11 points in 11 games. So he's still point a game, kind of like Jules Eriksson before. 
but uh, most recently on the uh, Straight From the Source episode, Bill Guerin, of course, again, he's the kind of guy who doesn't pull any punches when he talks. It's Rossi has to show that he wants it, basically, so that's kind of the conversation there. He kind of has to have more of a want to, that type of thing. I don't know if what's going on, what's missing there, and of course, it's just, you know, talk as he's kind of Kind of a little bit on the slower side, so and, and you know, and from what I've seen as well, um, but yeah, a little bit on the slower side, maybe a little bit like something's missing, maybe a little bit, uh, uh, what do they call that? Where you're, you know, a little bit skittish, a little bit on the skittish side, might be a good way to uh, say it. Where Sammy Walker came up and boom, right away, he is three years older than Marco Rossi, and I can imagine he's hungry being a seventh round pick, where Rossi was the ninth overall pick in the draft in 2020. So. The conversation definitely. Mitchell Chaffee's definitely had a down year, and he's been hurt, and Sweeney's been hurt, and ugh, it kind of sucks. Um, Simon Johansson, seven points in 27 games. That's nice. You know, Stockholm Sweden, he's already 23. Isn't that weird? So, because that was 2018. That was years ago that he was p- taken. Ty Running, son of Cliff Running, former Wild Center for one year, and of course, Nashville and other clubs. He'd been around for years. Cliff Running. Um, why am I forgetting who he was on for hey, for eons before that? Was it Nashville? Uh, I clicked on tie running. That's not going to help. <laughs> uh, I'm, now I kind of want to go down the uh, memory lane here with Cliff. There he is. Cliff running up. He'd be he's 57 already. It was Vancouver. That's right. That's right. And then Nashville. Yeah, Vancouver. That's where you really, really remember him. He went to the cup final with that club. Um, 94, 93, 94, 68 points, 85 points the year before. Yeah, he was good for Vancouver, and I remember him very well. That's why when he came to Minnesota, I was like, damn, we got Cliff running? That's cool. And then we just let him go, and he played one year with the Isles, and that was it. Um, he was an older guy already. Um, you know, just a one-year thing with Minnesota, but it was exciting getting him. Yep, he had recently played with the Kings. The Predators traded him to Los Angeles. That's right. Um, yeah, he was with the Predators for a while, about four and a half years there. So, well, four, three and a half years. Phoenix Coyotes, as they were still called Phoenix in the late 90s. Yep, that was with, uh, I believe, uh, what's his name was already there by then. Uh, Ron, uh, Ronick, Jeremy Ronick. Cliff Ronick started out with the St. Louis Blues, huh, in the late 80s. Huh, I, I guess I have vague memories of that. But, yeah, I do remember him most as Vancouver. Because I remember there was a team, and I'm like, who was it again? I had to kind of jog my memory, so apologize for dipping there. Hunter Jones has actually been playing a little bit better so far. He's the goaltender, of course, of the Iowa Heartlanders at this stage. Second-round pick, 59th overall in 2019. Still pretty young, only 22, so we'll see. Iowa's got a lot of guys there that, you know, aren't familiar names. They're just not. They're not really prospects. Uh, Zmolek is related to Doug Zmolek, former defenseman in the National Hockey League and from Minnesota, of course. Rochester, Minnesota, in uh, Reese's case. Um, Hunter Jones, again, I mean, he's, gosh, he's only one in, one in five so far down there in Iowa, and it's kind of a mess. I mean, he had 11 starts for, uh, or 11 games, anyway, for Hunter. Corbin Kaspersky, three goals a game. Trevin Kozlowski, 3.26. All their save percentages are in the 80s, the upper 80s, so... I don't know. Iowa Heartlanders have definitely been a purgatory for Minnesota Wild prospects if there's any left down there. Ryan O'Rourke is kind of in a purgatory state at this stage. Purgatory only four points in 25 games, but at least he's been playing. Damon Hunt has played in every game. Good for him. Six points for Damon Hunt. One goal, five assists. Definitely not the, uh, definitely not getting to that uh, offensive level that he was before yet, but yeah, I mean, he's just been kind of, he's just kind of learning on the, you know, he's, he's learning. Learning on the fly there. 
in the uh, AHL, and we'll see Hunt and O'Rourke. Hopefully sometime next year will be maybe when they can at least get a cup of coffee up in Minnesota. They'll get better and better, and we'll see. Um, hopefully next year, but maybe not. Definitely not this year. You can tell it's just if we brought him up, it'd be like some kind of a crazy desperation. I think it's going to be Schuster right away if uh, there was a need for a de- defenseman like tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing. Otherwise, you got the Ugrens, you got the uh, Urovs and such. Urov is not in the World Juniors, unfortunately. So uh, that's just an unfortunate fact that we have to face with that. Ugrens definitely been getting better. He's been taking steps forward as I attempt to kind of move maneuver in that direction from the Iowa Wild and the Iowa Heartlanders, unfortunately, for those guys. Ugrens is in that tournament, of course, like I already stated. I didn't mention Jesper Jesper Volstead yet. I want to go back to Volstead, if that's okay. Please. I can't do it. It's not going to let me because it sucks. I think it'll let me. Yeah. Okay, good. Jesper Volstead, uh, 3.27 goals against average. save percentage of just under 90. It's actually slightly better than uh, him and um, Zane McIntyre almost have identical numbers, which is kind of funny. But So, kind of mediocre, you know, over three goals a game. save percentage just under 90. So, Iowa and Iowa are kind of not so good right now, unfortunately. Liam Ulgren is still only 18 years of age. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, Sweden under 20. He's got an assist so far in three games. Okay. I believe that's that thing. The whole thing is getting started there. Oh, there's the World Junior Classic. 20. Yep. Under 20. No games yet. But he's been in under uh, the International Junior League. One assist there. Otherwise, on loan in uh, Desjardins. Dejur Gardens, if I said it correctly. Hockey al Sveskan. <laughs> Nine goals and five assists. Definitely stepped up a bit the past week, though. That was the conversation. He actually won the uh, Prospect of the Week uh, with MNW Prospects slash Young Guns. So very exciting there. Uh, that Liam Ugrin has taken a step up, and of course he is in the World Junior Classic. Danila Yurov, who's been playing AHL, uh, KHL and MHL, He's now at 38 games in the KHL, 9 points, 5 goals, and or 4 goals, 5 assists. He's got 4 points in the MHL at this stage. Of course, uh, yep, he's been kind of back and forth, but mostly in the KHL this year. 38 games already, good for him. Um, but yep, there's that minor minor hockey league or whatever the heck it would be called. And then we get to kind of the other young prospects. And again, um, I apologize for my ignorance uh, last week by, again, not mentioning who was in the tournament and who didn't. Um, some important players for the Minnesota Wild, like Carson Lambos didn't make it. Pert did. Other guys like a Bankier made it. So that's really cool that Bankier made it. Nice story there. Um, and, of course, Liam Ugrin. Ugrin, Hunter Hate, again, who blew up with a second on Spirit. What did he have? Eight, goal, or eight points in three games. Now he's at 13-7. and seven, So, okay, sure. Four goals, nine assists in seven games. And he's only a plus four, but it's better than minus 14 with the Barry Colts. Hunter Haight is a center. And again, that eight-point week was so cool. Uh, Rigger Lorenz, now he's at 18 games for Denver, so at least he's been playing left winger with only four points in 18 games. So, okay, one goal, three assists there. Michael Milne, again, with Iowa and Raw and this and that. But I suppose you go from the juniors to the pros either way. It's just, I don't know, somehow he seems more raw to me, but it's too bad. I wish he was playing a little better. Um, so he's not exactly the hot prospect of the group right now, but we'll see. Ryan Healy, 
11 games, 5 points. Yep, so that's an issue there. He's been out. He's not in any tournament or anything, so I hope I'm not missing anything important there. As I screw this up and click on all the wrong things. Sorry. David Speshek, yep, World Junior Championship, but before that, 29 games, 26 points, and he is a defense. No, this is, yeah, David Speshek, yep, in the queue, in the queue with the Sherbrooke, uh, Sherbrooke Phoenix. It's not that hard to pronounce. Six goals, 20 assists, doing a wonderful job in the queue. The queue, the queue, the queue. And Petrovsky was also, again, in the World Junior Classic. 28 points in 27 games. He's playing fantastic with the Owen Sound attack. Really love what Petrovsky is doing. And he deserves to be in the World Junior uh, Classic for Slovakia. So Czech, Rep uh, Czech Republic, or Czechia is what we like to call it now, for Spacek and Petrovsky, Slovakia. Cool, guys. You know, Go out there and get, get the job done. Appreciate you. And Carson Lambos finally played his 24th game. Yes! Congratulations, Carson Lambos. Still at 21 points. Let's just move on. He's, you know, he's, he's got promise, but we'll see. Jack Perch, before going to the WJC, you get the idea. <laughs> um, 18 games, he had 15 points, 13 assists, been a bit of a power play quarterback, and he's a plus 10 for St. Cloud in his squashmore year for that club. Canadian Bank here, again, also, he'll be representing Canada from Surrey, British Columbia, in his case. 33 points on WHL. He's well over a point a game there. 20 goals in 24 games. That's really good. Good job, Bankier. So there's a reason why he's at the uh, Real Junior Classic. He's doing great. Um, he's a huge step up from last year. Kyle Masters, again, major, 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 major step up from last year as well. I say this every week. His plus minus is significantly lower, but he's a point-to-game player, and he has double, officially doubled last year's total 28 points versus 14, and in less than half the games. Insanely impressive for him. Josh Pilar has not been a pillar of the Minnesota Wild prospects, really, but he's a point a game. That's okay, he's, but he's not, def <laughs> he's not a defenseman like the other guy, so it says you something. Four points, uh, four goals, eight assists in 12 games for the Saskatoon, Saskatoon Blades. Cool name, but Josh Pilar, again, fourth-round pick, we'll see. Nate Benoit, old Mr. Point-a-week guy, has definitely improved, like I've said. Big step up from last year, but again, that's not saying much in terms of points. Uh, he does have more penalty minutes, and his plus-minus is way worse, which also can tell you Omaha Lancers have dropped off a bit as well. Let's talk about Huznadinov here shortly. Huznadinov, we always love what he can do. Merit, Huznadinov, who is that guy? Well, he's a good player. Obviously, again, a defensive-minded player who's got incredible skating ability. Smaller guy, but can definitely score and can explode with, those skate, with his skating, like we said. In 41 games, he's got 7 goals and 16 assists for 23 points, and he's a plus 10, which is double from last year, so more than double anyway. Hopefully, uh, he continues to make his step up, and uh, he also does have a deal over there for a short time. Some people are concerned he might not come, but I think he will. We just got to wait, unfortunately. He, he wouldn't be in the NHL anyway. Let's just leave it at that. It's it's not like he's dominating the KHL or anything. He's, he's playing okay. He's doing well, but he's not dominating. He's not, holy crap, like Kirill Kaprizov. It's like, okay, why isn't he here? Come on, please get him here. We're going we're gonna to blow it. What the hell? Get out of here, you son of a... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Hockey Database, huge shout-out to you always. Thank you for following Brave the Wild, unless you've unfollowed me already. I hope not. Uh, obviously followed them and really love what you guys do. That's a huge shout-out to them. And then uh, Elite Prospects, I go to there for some of the European uh, 
prospects, but for generally speaking, you go to Hockey Database. Um, but really appreciate what the Hockey Database does, and they're very nice people as well. So huge shout-out to them. With that said, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction right after this. We are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, Fan Interaction segment. Always a load of fun, and we're going to enjoy this one very much. Thank you very much for uh, being a part of this show, all of you. Really, really appreciate you. Uh, So I was saying, what is up with Dumba and the Tachucks? It's not worth it, considering what happened last time. Was there a response? Derek Felska, he said, yep. He said, yeah, he would be wise to avoid fights altogether. I think he may find that fight cost him millions in his next contract and maybe even a chance at the Norris Trophy He ha- had he continued on the torrid pace he had. Yeah, he was insane. Dumba was on pace for like 65 points that year, wasn't he? Like 65, even 70, possibly. 60 at least. Like He, he was like a Brent Burns-level talent at the time. And now we watch him, and it's like, okay, he's lucky to be in a top four at this point. So it cost him millions. Yeah, and it, it, it sucks. It sucks. And I don't even I don't even understand how uh, how it happened other than, well, obviously the guy was pulling on his, you know, arm really hard, and, it, you know, things tightened up, and then nature took its course and forced it. It's just, yeah, I mean, sometimes a lot of that isn't worth it. Just move on, you know? You don't need to be in such a, a tussle. It's okay to kind of maybe get in a little jaw-shoving match, maybe a quick fight, and then end it. But, I don't know, it's a damn shame. Thank you, Derek, for that. Um, does the holidays or Christmas and snow make you think of uh, hashtag, think of a Minnesota Wild question? Ask Brave the Wild and tag it. Tag it. Hashtag BTWMN, and I always recommend that. Hashtag BTWMN. I think I even put that in the show description, but um, so that's how that goes. Ask as many as you like, please retweet. Thank, thank you so much, Derek. Always appreciate that. Um, here we go. <clears throat> Derek, lightning round begins, says. This is at crease and assist, and thank you again, Derek, so much for the, uh, the uh, bat signal, as we like to call it. Again, great writer, great hockey writer. He's been covering uh, high school a bit this year, more of the youth, youth and all that. Um, so really appreciate the job he does. He says, if you could give Cole to one NHL player, team, or fan base, what would it be? Like Cole, like say Scrooge McDuck, uh, Scrooge McDuck, no, Scrooge. In, um, well, either in the uh, Disney one, with uh, it's like the Scrooge McDuck, basically, or whatever he was before he was Scrooge McDuck, uh, or just, you know, Scrooge in general, giving people a lump of coal, you know, and that's all you get. Um, one NHL, NHL player team or fan base? Colorado fan base? I can't, yeah, they drive me nuts. They're, they've got to be the most unfriendly fan base there is. I think I'll try to give one to each. So fan base would be Colorado. Team would be, might be Colorado again. I don't know. Um, God. Yeah, I know, like in uh, basketball, it'd be the Golden State Warriors. F that team. Um, the coach would be Steve Kerr and the player would be Steph Curry. I just, just, yeah. So that's the NBA version right there. I hate the Golden State Warriors. I just can't stand them. God, they're arrogant. Uh, the NHL might be the stars. I don't like, ugh, I don't like the stars. They drive me nuts. Might be the stars. It might be the, the guy who's, I don't know. It's 
feels like he wants to rub it in our face all the time. That'd be Robertson. <laughs> I don't know if I bet I'm pissing everyone off by saying that, but how dare you, right? Looking throughout the East, no. I just want to make sure I'm not missing someone. Like, oh yeah, of course. No, it's not Vegas because I kind of like him a little bit, obviously. Um, in the past, it would have definitely been the Blackhawks and all that. Um, so, fan base is the, is the Colorado Avalanche. Team is the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I don't know. Something about the Stars. I can't stand them. Ugh, can't stand the Stars and player. Um, <clears throat> are you ready? Ryan Suter. <laughs> yeah, I had to do it. It's Ryan Suter. <laughs> it's Ryan Suter. It had to be on the Stars, right? Um, I've, uh, was there a coach, too? I wonder if he said coach. Let me go back here. Probably did, right? Nope, didn't play coach, and that's fine. Yep. I don't really have anything against any of the coaches necessarily. Crawford years ago was the one that I didn't like with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Me and my friend Paul saw him as like this really evil guy. And I'm, he, he kind of was, actually. That's why he's not coaching anymore. So kind of was. Uh, otherwise, uh, Mike Babcock, you know, he was pretty bad too, apparently. So I haven't heard a lot of good about him like ever since. Certainly overrated. Holy crap. Uh, next. Which Minnesota Wild prospect do you think will have the biggest impact at the under-20 uh, IIHF World Championships, World Junior Championships? Which Wild prospect? Well, why are you asking me that? No, I'm kidding. Um, I think it's going to be Katie and Bank here. I got to, you know, he's just been on a tear. He really has, but maybe, who knows? Yep, uh, well, maybe not because it's Canada. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to... Because Canada's so deep, right? I got a feeling it might be him, though. He's been just been Caden. I keep calling him Cadian. Caden Bank here. I think it's going to be him, I think. Maybe I'm just an idiot and I'm talking out of somewhere. But I'm going to lean in his direction for now. I'd love it to see it be uh, Pert or uh, Liam Ugrin. I would love that. I'd love to see any of them do great. But I'll go with Bank here for now. I love what he's been doing. It might be the lamest answer there is, considering he's the late prospect. But, heck, three of them are late prospects. Um, are the Minnesota Wild better with Ryan Hartman, or are they better without him? Kind of hard to say at the moment. Kind of hard to say. Uh, the good part is he's not expensive. Um, and I can't imagine him demanding a, a huge raise. If he duplicated last year's numbers then, yeah, I could definitely see him uh, demanding a big raise, and he'd be gone for sure. He'd be gone, um, no doubt. Like, imagine if Dumba starts playing better. There's no way he's staying, I don't think. It'll be just like uh, uh, Fiala. Um, better with him or without him? If we got to see Sammy Walker play at the level he was playing for an extended period, I'd probably say better without him. Right now, I'm going to lean towards better with for now. But it's very, 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 uh, yeah, <laughs> a very short leash with that. We'll have to wait and see. Which NHL coach is most like Dr. Wiley? Oh, I think I have an idea. Which NHL player is most like Mega Man? Which NHL coach is like Dr. Wiley? It's got to be Torch, right? Torch, not Torch, but Tortorella. I think it's Tortorella, isn't it? <laughs> Unless you think uh, Lindy Ruff, like the amazing job he's doing. You know, like he's like, uh, like an older guy, but... Uh, I think it's John Tortorella, isn't it? The guy who likes to cuss everyone out and stuff. <laughs> yep, he, he looks like a, yeah. All he needs is like lighter colored hair, like white hair or whatever. 
which NHL players most like Mega Man. In the past, I would have said Zach Parisi, especially when I was a fan of his. Because I used to actually, believe it or not, look at certain players as certain uh, robot masters or, you know, like, you know, Mega Man characters. Like, say, Marcus Foligno, he's Guts Man. At least I, th- I think he is. I think Marcus Foligno's Guts Man. Uh, Bomb Man would have been Dumba. You know, when he had the dumb bombs. Would have been in the past now, unfortunately. Elect Man was Marion Gabrick. He had that electrifying speed and the moves and everything. Um, he, he was Elect Man. I even used to say that if you listen back to the really, really old episodes of Brave the Wild, that's Elect Man. Mega Man was Zach Parisi, though, when he was, you know, playing at the top of his game and with the Minnesota Wild and all that. It was Zach Parisi. Currently, currently, oh, man. Could it be Kirill Kaprizov? He's kind of like a Mega Man, I think. He's He's... He kind of looks like Mega Man a little bit, just lighter colored hair. That's about it. His hair is a little lighter. He's kind of built like a Mega Man, you know, because like he's not too high from the ground, you know, and kind of strong and strong looking. So I guess it's Kirill Kaprizov. I guess, unless you think even like a Zuccarillo. <laughs> Zuccarillo is probably somebody else, like Cut Man. I think he might be Cut Man. <laughs> Heat Man, <clears throat> man, it's kind of tough. Heat Man, 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 and man. Uh Quick man might be uh, Flurry because he moves around so fast with a, you know, in in the net he'd be. Or actually, no, Jonathan Quick. It was Jonathan Quick. Quick man. I always called him that actually. Um, so I could kind of go on forever with this. Mega Man. Yep, it's Parisi though. The coach, Doctor Wiley, John Tortorella. Guts Man is Marcus Foligno. Um, even even uh, Riley. Uh, even uh, Riley Reef. Ryan Reeves. Riley Reef. Ryan Reeves. So what am I talking about? Jay Bushy. <clears throat> and if I could get my throat to sound a little better. Jay Bushy, with the team getting closer to being healthy, to being healthy, pardon me, I'm trying to clear up my throat here. And the way they're playing, I think it's going to be a while before Rossi is back up. I think so too. I think that's a good thing for him. Your thoughts? I, I think so too. I think so too. It, it kind of is what it is. Let him uh, be a point a game, maybe even better. And eventually, you know, it'll make him even more hungry. At least I would hope so. I mean, uh, you know, Kalen Anderson was stuck there for a significant amount of time. Let's not forget. Because he was in the AHL with Pittsburgh for a whole year, basically, before the Minnesota Wild traded for him. So he was in the AHL, I think, three years, wasn't he? Pretty much. I mean, because that that, that does... Uh, Jason Zuckercrate was two years ago, right? When, uh, yeah, it was a while, right? It was... Uh, because Bill Guerin took over in uh, 1920, 1920, uh, not that year, but 2019-20, and then uh, Zucker was gone, you know, around the trade deadline that year, wasn't he? So, that's yeah, it's been a while. So, it's been time. So, I, I don't disagree, Jay, at all. Thank you very much for jumping on board. Uh, Kalisha Townsell responds with, Rossi isn't ready for the show yet. He needs to learn how to translate his game from uh, from the power play to 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah, according to Crease and Assist, who's watching his game in Iowa closely. Yes, yes, he is. Great job, Derek. I need to get AHL TV so I can watch him. Rossi's skill set is needed in the lineup, however. He just isn't ready. Yeah, doggone it. Yeah, it's true, though. And yeah, I had been watching closely, and then I apparently don't have AHL TV now, so i got to get it back again myself. So, I mean, I love watching Iowa, and it's, you got some interesting prospects there, but they're not, none of them are doing all that hot, except, say, Rossi and uh, Sammy Walker, who wasn't even originally considered to be a prospect, but a lot of people thought, oh, he's probably just AHL, 
but he looks pretty good now, doesn't he? Brian Herrera, <clears throat> responding to Derek's initial uh, tweet, says, when 21 returns, that's Brandon DeHame, of course, and needs a spot in the lineup, who do you see scratched? 75 is the choice for those not paying attention to how much confidence his presence uh, in, in game gives. With the Wild being on a tear since uh, he got here, it makes it ridiculous, I think, uh, to scratch him. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be in a rush to scratch Ryan Reeves either. That's going to be a really tough choice. It could end up even being like a Ryan Hartman, quite possibly. Or Duhame. Or, you know, it's going to be between a, a number of guys. Shaw. You know, like Shaw hadn't been doing much uh, lately, unfortunately. And that sucks. Like, every sport is kind of like, eventually it becomes, what have you done for me lately? Um, if Felino wasn't such an integral part of this team, even the way he's been playing, he hasn't been that great either. Let's be honest. Let's be let's be blunt and honest. Felino's not been that good this year. He hasn't. Oft injured, of course, but even beyond off injured, um, well, he's got 10 points at 27 games. He's been a little better than earlier, but still not all that much. He's got less points than Dewar and Shaw, you know? And he's played almost the same amount of games. Same, yeah, so it's kind of weird. Um, I think the other guy could be, again, you know, it's like you're afraid to break up the line, but again, the ultimate guy when it comes to, like, what the hell has he been doing all year? 16 games, three points for Jordan Greenway. So that's another name that could end up being a scratch. I also do believe there could be a trade on the horizon of some kind, some sorts. Uh, and if, if Hartman struggles, it's it's him possibly too. Uh, otherwise, Greenway, Duhame, who've been playing super well, but what if he's not so great right away? And Reeves will be, he'll be in the rotation of possibly being scratched at some point, a, a little bit. Not all the time, of course. <clears throat> it's not going to be like he's the 13th forward. Sorry, Ryan. No, it's not going to be anything like that. I don't think there is a 13th forward necessarily. Greenway's obviously integral to the grief line. He's the back the beginning of it. GR, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. But yeah, he's he's the, he's part of the grief line. So, um, And that line has been so valuable. And when any of them are out, it's not as good. And it's weird how it turns out that way. Um, some people even think Sam Steele could get uh, scratched once in a blue moon, which wouldn't be the end of the world. He's been insanely valuable for the most part, but but he's not he's not you know this barn burner. He's not this star. He's absolutely not. So some of you that might be worshiping him a little bit too much, slow down. Um, and unfortunately, an argument's going to start here in a minute, and I'll try to get through it as quick as possible. Um, see, like before, Tyson Jost was like a no-brainer to get scratched the way he was playing. And he ain't doing a whole lot more in uh, Buffalo either, is he? Ooh, he's got five points instead of... Yeah, okay, so he had a good game recently. Finally did something. Five points in 14 games, though. Ain't gonna get anyone too excited, really. Let's be freaking honest about that. Yeah, it, it's it's tough, and that's why Sammy Walker almost had no chance to, to be here. Obviously, some players are going to have to be gone at some point to open up things for uh, a Sammy Walker, because Sammy Walker deserves to be in the NHL. He, he does. Sammy Walker deserves to be in the NHL. Um, Fogarty is kind of like the... Fogarty right now is the 13th forward, so he probably goes back to the AHL, I'm sorry to say. And uh, then it's guys like Greenway, guys like... Uh, yeah, Greenway, DeHame, Shaw, 
and Ryan Hartman are probably all possibilities in Ryan Reeves. Yeah, so it would be like somebody gets scratched here and there, but I don't think anybody's going to get like be the odd man out and be rotting on the bench unless they've been just terrible. And also, again, it's injury insurance. That's the other thing because you just know. I mean, uh, knock on wood, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but you just know. You just know, right? Um, response from Jay Bushy to uh, Brian Herrera's very thought-provoking question because it's a big deal, just like Sammy Walker last week. It's a big thing right here. Jay Bushy says, I agree. I don't think Ryan Reeves should be scratched. The team has a swagger since he has arrived. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Derek Velska says, yes, I don't see teams taking any liberties with us because they don't want to answer him. Exactly. And I think something, yeah, things pick up here quite a bit. It's not that many. It's about five or six more tweets. And let's go for it. <clears throat> and then Johan gets a little bit uh, irritated, I guess, or something. He says, nah. Just coincident. He's a tool and completely waste of a roster spot. Woo! So he's not a big fan of Ryan Reeves. Derek Felsica says, nah, I disagree. Felino was tough, but he's not a... So where did the Felino part come in? See, that's a thing. Was he calling... Uh, see, that's the thing. Is Johan calling Reeves a tool and completely waste of a roster spot? Probably Reeves, right? Um, Derek says, nah, I disagree. Felino is tough, but not a, but he's not a deterrent. Okay, yeah, they are talking about Reeves, where they're saying, Johan is basically saying Reeves is a waste, and Derek is saying, yeah, Felino is tough, but he's not a deterrent. Like he's not scaring people away from you know the uh, Kaprizovs and such. Uh, he says opponents aren't just trying to bully number ninety-seven and number ninety-six because they don't want to see number ninety. Uh, excuse me, number seventy-five return the favor. Yes. And then Johan responds with, way overrated. Of course, I'd rather see Knucklehead 75 get hurt than any of the others like Moose or Harbin. But really, who is going to fight him anymore? Hmm. Derek responds with, look at it this way. Number 17, that's Felino, shouldn't have to risk getting hurt in a fight and stays and plays on the third line. He takes less stupid penalties than DeHame does. Yep, yeah, okay. Yep. Which also can mean DeHame might get scratched sometimes. I really thought him took a step forward, but obviously he's nothing that special either, though. We'll see. I do like him an awful lot, and I think he's a long-term uh, piece for this franchise uh, without having to cost too much and all that. Kalisha Tunzel jumps back in and says, and if Reeves was here during the beginning of the season, Hartman would have been fully, uh, would have been fully healthy because he wouldn't have fought Tenori. Interesting point of view there. And yep, and I, I don't disagree with that. And then Johan responds with, I know, I'm not like most fans that think he is the best thing since sliced bread. To say that Hartman would not would not be hurt is taking it a bit far, in my opinion. Sure, he didn't have to fight, but I don't think Hartsey likes to play that way, too. No. I thought there was two responses. Okay. And then Derek kind of jumps back, like, wait a sec, who the hell said he's the best thing ever? No one is saying that, but people do like what he has brought and how the team has played since he arrived. People like that Walker, what uh, Walker brought too, but for different reasons. Now Hartman's back, yawn. I kind of agree with the Hartman's back, yawn part. Yeah, I kind of agree with that versus, uh, which, yeah, I wouldn't mind Hartman being, yeah, I would not mind if Hartman kind of moved on, honestly. And uh, Walker could possibly be in that position instead. So I'm kind of a, yeah, I kind of feel Rafelska there, right there, Derek, right there. Um, 
Kalisha responds one more time, saying, No one is saying he's the best thing since sliced bread. Reeves just knows how to play his role. He's actually built for it. Herman can play that way all he wants. Isn't nearly as effective since he got rocked by a real fighter who's out of his weight class. <laughs> yep. Like a heavyweight versus a, uh, you know, medium weight or welterweight or something. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit interesting there. So, okay, I think that's it. Okay, well, I'm glad I read all of those. That was a good move. Derek wanted to make sure I saw those, and I came back and checked them out. Ooh, here's another one, Kalisha. So, oh, this is good. Thank you, Derek, for this. Kalisha says, Ken, <coughs> pardon me, can the Minnesota Wild handle the next 30-plus games after the holiday break with their new identity? Will their new identity work against more playoff competition? Folks, don't forget to ask your questions. Hope y'all are warm. Yep, thank you. Hope you're warm as well. And thank you, Kalisha. I, I hope you're a listener as well. She says, uh, okay, the 30 games. I think they can hang in there. Yeah, I mean, they, they've obviously shown they're, they've been playing significantly better and uh, making things easier for the goaltenders for the most part. Not all the time. And the goaltenders have stepped up in a big way when they've needed to. So, yeah, um, the new identity will work against more playoff competition. Yes, absolutely. I think Ryan Reeves is a, a good fit for a, a team going into the postseason. You need that extra physicality, that extra toughness, the mentally tough. And I think he'll be a bit of a, a coach as well, in a sense. Try to help kind of keep these players in the right place going into the season, uh, the postseason later on, where it's not like motivate the players, motivate the players, where players should be motivated to play in the playoffs regardless. It's just, again, having the right mindset going into the playoffs. Yeah, thank you, Kalisha. That's good. Uh, is there another one? I think this is the big one where it was a big thread where guys were kind of going back and forth. Yep. Nope, that's the Rossi one. Okay, yep, and we already talked about that. Thank you very much, all of you, for being a part of this show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, always major shout-out to Derek Felska, and thank you for you know being such a good friend of this show. Really appreciate you, and we've had fun uh, talking about uh, retro games as well, video game flashback, or just casual conversations, and, of course, back and forth talking about the, uh, the prospects and the current players and all that, and even the good old days as well. Uh, guys going back to Brian Ralston or even much further back into the Cicerellis and Bellow days, Bellows days and such. <laughs> you can hear me smiling as I say those names. So just really appreciate all of you for being a part of this show and those of you that retweet and share and, and maybe word of mouth to your friends. Just thank you so much. You know, I, I really appreciate it to, to no end. Uh, huge shout out to MNW Prospects. That's uh, at MNW Prospects. You'll see them in the... Uh, the uh, show description. And of course, it's also known as Young Guns. Pavel Bonnet, Merrick Skyba, uh, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quas, Chad Walski. Thank you guys so much for what you do with the uh, the prospect conversation. And of course, Derek is, Derek is absolutely <laughs> a huge resource when it comes to prospect conversation as well. So, huge. So, I mean, it's so much fun. I really care about the prospects. Whereas, like, see, back in the day, and, and there's my coal guy, number 20 for the Dallas Stars. I gave him some coal. Of course, the whole team's getting it, but Suter got an extra piece of coal just to say, bah humbug. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. That's the coal team right there, the Dallas Stars. Go Oilers. Let's go Oilers. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I just... <laughs> now I'm going to cough here in a second. I just can't shake this freaking thing. 
But huge shout out to that page again, and all of you with the prospect conversation. Just love you to death. Uh, Minnesota Wild Global. Scott Cavendish. Yep, I like that name. It sounds Scottish. It does. Scott Cavendish. I love it. That's a a cool name. Um, Kathy Maine. Michael Fick. David Abraham. Chad Walski. David Kostick. Chance Kostick. Those are relatives. Those guys. uh, The Kosticks are relatives. For my brother, of course. My brother's marriage. They're in-laws. So, huge shout out just in case they're listening. If they don't hate me or anything, I hope not. <laughs> um, well, there's 7-Eleven in the background. I like that. you got to love 7-Eleven, right? Hell, it's Texas for Pete's sake, of course, right? Well, we're, we're kind of sort of getting 7-Eleven here so far. It's been popping up in the all the Speedway stores. Of course, they do own them. Will they ever actually turn into 7-Eleven, though? We'll see. Because it's like a half 7-Eleven. <laughs> Still says Speedway, but a lot of the products are 7-Eleven. Sorry, that was distracting. Welcome to Texas, 7-Eleven. Sorry, um, I just had to give my lump of coal to the stars, but not to 7-Eleven, though. Merry Christmas, 7-Eleven. <laughs> so, uh, that's the coolest gas station name of all time. Um, where am I going now? Again, I talked about the Minnesota Wild Global. Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner, love you. Love you, coming out of Florida. Great guy, and uh, big, big, uh, great wild page as well on Facebook. So, I think that's the most of uh, the shout-outs. Other than that, would love to hear a uh, audio submission. Derek actually sent a couple of audio submissions for Video Game Flashback. That was awesome. Those were really good. So, yep, keep doing those. And anybody else, too, that wants to do audio submissions here, it's very easy to do. Pick up that smart device, whether it's Samsung, Apple, or God knows what else. Open the free voice recording app, because every phone has them. Every single phone there is, even phones that are 12 years old have them. 15 years old, probably, back to the beginning, uh, they have them. Open it up, press record, start talking like a phone call. Uh, you could, you know, And if I'm not super familiar with you, but uh, obviously say your name, because I think it's better like this, you know, unless we're like super close friends and I know you immediately. Um, say your name, like uh, whoever, John, or like say pa- Patrick Turner from Florida, <laughs> you know, so, so somebody like that. I'm just saying, like any name. You know, you could talk for five minutes, even ten if you really, really have a lot to say. Five is probably better, but if you have a ton to say, maybe the Wild just won the cup, or you have a ton of opinions on prospects, and it takes a little bit, like I do at times as well. So uh, you can do that. I would then convert it into a, oh yeah, you'd save it, and share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Live at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an mp3 file. Thanks to zumzar with a z.com. That free service deserves a free plug from me. So it's helped this show for years and years and years. Uh, final thing, please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts or any other app that allows you to do that, like a Spotify uh, I think Spotify might be just star ratings. I'm not sure. Audible and Stitcher do it. I know they allow you to do that. So if you could, please do. It makes the show more attractive. And word of mouth, sharing, retweeting. Those of you that have done it, thank you so freaking much. Really appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. All that good stuff. Uh, Merry Christmas for sure. Uh, New Year's will be next week. But I'd rather enjoy Christmas. It's a bigger deal to me than New Year's ever will be. So I'm I'm kind of a... Eh, I'm kind of meh about New Year's, <laughs> but I don't, there, it's nice to start new, sort of, but I don't know, it feels like you're in the same job and the same positives and negatives in your life, so, but the hope is that the positives increase, I suppose, but we'll talk about that next week. With that said, 
Keep this up, Minnesota. Stay warm. Stay warm for those of you up here. Patrick Kerr doesn't have to worry about that as much, I'm sure, and maybe some others in Cali and places like that <laughs> that might be listening in Texas, believe it or not. Um, with that said, take care. Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week.